that there's a war over your destiny? Did you know that the enemy would love to do anything that he can to keep you from stepping into the fullness of who you're created to be? You know, I, I'm sitting up here tonight and I'm, I'm, the Lord's just doing something really deep in me tonight. So it's, you know, you always know it's, it's, it's good when you're just with the Lord and you cry all your makeup off right before you come up to teach. Um, but there's, there's a war. There's a war over your destiny. Every woman in this room has such an important piece of the kingdom that if you don't step into the fullness, that's, there's, there's something that the enemy's trying to do to keep that from happening. And there's, there's a place where Jesus has so, he's, he's paid the price for us to step into the fullness of healing. For us to step into the fullness of freedom. For us to step into the fullness of salvation. All of these things were all wrapped up in the cross. That's what he paid for. So for us to not step into the fullness of our calling would, be, would mean that, that something that Jesus paid for didn't come to pass. And I want to see Jesus receive the reward of his suffering. And that's what we're here for. That, that, that's part of what this is about is that we're willing to war for the destiny of the women in this room. That, that's what the heart of this leadership is. That's what the heart of, of the women that come here regularly. We are warring for the destiny of the women in this room because as we all step into that fullness, that brings the kingdom to earth. Heaven, heaven, as it earth, on earth as it is in heaven, right? So the, the weightiness of this is something that the Lord's really just been birthing in me for several weeks now. So I'm kind of a mess tonight. Um, don't be afraid of your tears. When God's doing something deep in you, there's no shame. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. A lot of times people come in for counseling and they apologize for crying. And we're like, please cry. It, it, there's no shame. There's no shame. I just I want to remind you that first and foremost, our calling is to know God and to become intimate with Him and to worship Him and to for Him to know us and for us to know Him. You know, Jesus, Jesus said to to um, the disciples that there's this, you know, there's this place of, you know, didn't we, didn't we cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead and all these things? And Jesus said, I never knew you. So the whole point of this, first and foremost, is that we've got to know him. If we don't know him and he doesn't know us, I mean, he didn't even say that we need to know him. He said he needs to know us. So there's this place, it, it's down here, it's not here. It's down here where he knows us. We've allowed him access. And if we know, if, if, if he knows us, that's where we're in relationship with him. It's not that we can do all the things. It's not that, you know, even if the miraculous powers of God are at work in our life, there's some, there's some spiritual laws that God's put in place that sometimes people can go around the knowing him and figure out how to do those things without him knowing us. 
And that boggles my mind because I'm like, first of all, why would you want to? If you don't know him, if he doesn't know you and you don't know him, why would you want to try to do miracles? Where would the love come from? But if it's if it's about you and it's about being seen, it's about your you know you looking important or whatever. I guess maybe figuring out that that way around and and having him you know work miracles. I I just I can't my my mind can't go there. But first and foremost, we are to know him and to be known by him and to worship him, and that is the point. But from that place of understanding, I want to talk about how do we step into the fullness of what we're called to? What does it look like for, for the kingdom to come to earth? What does it look like for women to have each other's backs and to celebrate each other, celebrate our successes, cry together in our failures? What does that look like? Have you ever been in a group of women that did that for each other? I hadn't until here. That's amazing. And just that is, is miraculous. We had a word over a rise a few weeks ago that you are the last piece of the puzzle. And that without you anybody do puzzles that last piece missing is that not the most obnoxious thing in the world you get to the end and you're like really really so if you are that important you are that crucial to the complete picture then we need you to step into your place and and you need to know how to step into your place what does that look like how do I pursue it do I just stumble across it? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And some of this, I, I, I don't feel like this is a teaching as much as just kind of a sharing of things that the Lord has taught me. So it might be a little kind of all over the place. I'm not really sure how it'll come out exactly. But I, I just want to share from my heart with you tonight and, and talk about some of the things that the Lord's been showing me. So I want to read First uh, Corinthians 12. I'm trying to decide whether to stand up or not. I'm So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, It's the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different kinds of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. To another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. To another, the power to work miracles. 
to another the gift of prophecy, to another the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking, to another the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues, to another the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way, if the whole body was just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body was just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. That whole chapter is really good, but um, I just want to say there's this place of learning to serve where God has placed us. And um, in every season in life, fulfilling our purpose, wherever that place is. And it's really easy sometimes to go, I'm just a foot, and I'd rather be a hand. And sometimes there's a season of that. But the thing that's interesting is God often moves us around in the body. But if we spend our time as a foot wishing we were a hand, then we don't learn the things that feet need to learn. And then when we get to the hand place, we have gaps in what we needed to do and become before we could be a hand effectively. And then we can make messes. You ever seen a minister make a mess? It's really sad. One of my prayers is continually, Lord, please don't put anything on my life that I don't have a character to sustain. Please, please never, no matter how much I want it, no matter how much I ask for it, please, Never give me something unless you have, you've put the character in me to be able to carry it so that it doesn't destroy me and the people around me. It's the last, you know, there's, there's just nothing, nothing worth that. Um, one of the things that the Lord's been speaking to me a lot in this, in this season is that he invites us to ask him for good things. And sometimes I feel like we kind of spend our time going, well, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? What have you made me to be? And sometimes, sometimes he has something, and, and we're, you know, if, if we're resisting that, that's not a good place to be. But other times he says back to you, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? What is it that your heart yearns for? What do you see? What do you hope for? And so Matthew 7 7 through 12 says, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Do you know that any parent who would give his hungry 
Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your Heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? So then, back to 1 Corinthians 12 again. The very end of the chapter says... flipping around it says not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher not everyone performs miracles or has gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interprets tongues this is the kicker though you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts he, he invites us we have an invitation to ask him for the, the things of God and we, we don't have to be afraid to pursue that, to, to ask him for those things. Um, and then, you know, there's this, also this place of, I was, I was processing with the Lord in the last few months, and I was, I was praying through some things and asking him for some things, and I found myself almost in this place of being surprised that he was answering my prayers. You ever, you ever been like that? You ever kind of found yourself in that spot? Um, I, and I heard him say to me, you know, you, it, Hebrews, it's Hebrews 11.6 is what it is. It's um, anyone who, who comes to God must come in faith, believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it was almost like God was like, did you not think I would, I would do what you asked for? Did you, were you asking not in faith? And, and so there's sometimes when we ask, we don't ask in faith. We just assume that, oh, I'm going to ask this, but he probably will withhold it from me. So there's this place in, in us where I think we have to get to a place of asking in faith and, and trusting that he's going to answer our prayers. Now, it may take a really long time because, again, he has to build that maturity in us. He has to build that place in us so that we can carry what we're asking for or it could kill us. You know, they're, they're, they, they took the Ark of the Covenant up on a cart, and it, it, it tipped because that wasn't how it was supposed to be carried. The guy reaches his hand up and steadies the cart, and he died. We don't want to carry our things on carts. We have to come to a place where we can carry it, where we have the character and the, and the capacity to carry the anointing that the Lord pours out. The next part of this is, is really that even as we're, as we're longing for these great things of God, um, the very next chapter in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. So we have this whole chapter on spiritual gifts and on what God can do through us and on how he does those things and on how he pours out those things and on how we should be seeking these things. The very next chapter says, if we don't do it in love, it does not matter. So there's this place of where, where we, we live from the place of love. It's all about love. We can do all these great things for God, but if we don't have love, we have nothing and we are nothing. It basically says love is maturity. So we're supposed to do, desire great things for the kingdom, but love is actually the point. So we have to learn to love well. Um, I always think of, um, who's the prophet, Bob Jones? That, that they, they say he went to heaven and God asked him, did you learn how to love? 
and he was sent back. He, he, he had this like death experience and came back from heaven and was like spent the next several years of his life. The Lord was teaching him how to love because he had, he had flowed in prophecy. He was well known in the body of Christ. It didn't matter. The point is the love. Um, you know, there's, there's also really hard times in some of this stuff. You know, sometimes there's a wilderness season before we step into the fullness. I went six years not leading worship, ever. I didn't, I didn't do it. I'd sit at the piano, and any time I'd try to sit at the piano, I'd cry because I figured I would never lead worship again. My husband and, now, husband and I now own a school of music and worship, and I lead sometimes more than I know how to do. I need to start saying no to things sometimes. Um, but there's, there's that season sometimes where our dream dies. And then the Lord resurrects it with the right heart. And it, that's an incredible thing, too, to, to be able to be willing to go through that process and not to give up on the dream and not to give up on who God is and not to go, well, I guess, you know, I guess I made that up or I guess. And sometimes even when we do go to that place, the Lord resurrects it out of that place. Um, Another thing is understanding sonship. And we've talked about sonship quite a bit in, in here. I mean, we, Tia taught on it, uh, I don't know, I can't remember. That might have been like May, June, something like that. But a lot of the time when we're trying to find our place in the body of Christ, there's this jealousy that can come in, or this envy, or this sense of, you know, why do they get to do that and I don't? Or what, you know, I guess I'll never do that. Or this rejection or, or yucky stuff, right? One of the things that heads that off is understanding who you belong to. And who, um, you know, that, that you belong to God, that he, he has you and he knows you. In the office when we do counseling, we have this tool called ungodly beliefs. Anybody's done the ungodly beliefs thing? So it's this sheet of paper that has all of these terrible things that you think in your head that you never say out loud. And we, we hand you the paper and you check the things that you actually hear in your head. And then we sit down and we renounce those things and we create a, a, um, some sort of a statement that counters it with truth, truth from the word. And um, we, we, we do that because blessings break curses. So when we read those things over ourselves, it begins to shift our thought patterns and we stop thinking things like, well, I never get to. Or God never does that for me, or why do they always, or that kind of stuff, right? And we, we come into this place of, I belong to God, and he has good things for me. God has more than enough for me. He's generous. I have an inheritance from him. He's not withholding any good thing from me. Promotion comes from the Lord, not from people. Submission to spiritual authority brings blessings, right? These are truths. This is this, the kind of stuff we have to get deep down inside. Um, and that, that kind of thing counters the lies that the enemy tries to tell us about who we are and what God is like. Bill Johnson says, when you know who God created you to be, you'll never want to be anybody else. And I love that. Because if I can be completely me, and I can be completely unique, and I'm not going to be like anybody else, and, I, and I'm content in that place, then I get to be the fullness of me, you get to be the fullness of you, and somehow it becomes this beautiful expression of Christ as we all fully come alive. 
I think it's really easy sometimes for us to live at 30 or 40% of ourselves. You ever, you ever lived that way? You ever realize that around certain people, you can't really fully be yourself? So you kind of shut yourself down, you kind of hide out a little bit. Maybe don't, you know, don't say things you feel like you maybe even should say because it might make them mad. You live kind of part, partially. I want to see us come alive. I want to see every one of us in this room being 100% us all the time. Being the same person everywhere we go. Being alive. Being vibrant. One thing that I've, I've kind of come to right now, and I don't, this may just be kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not sure if this is like biblical or if this is just Sarah right now. So this is the disclaimer. But right now in life, I'm kind of at this point where I assume that everything that happens in life is either a lesson to be learned or a test to see if I have learned the lesson yet. And, and when I assume things like that, it helps me make better choices. Because sometimes there's this place of, you know, we're, we're seeking freedom and we're, we're pursuing God and, and we, we're, we're asking him to change us from the inside out, but we still have <coughs> habits and patterns and things that we do and things that we say that just are not godly. And it requires sometimes a choice of our will to step out of those things. Sometimes there's habits that are our responsibility to shift. And so if we can come to the place of making the right choice with our heart, as often as we have the strength for, as often as the Lord gives us the grace for, no matter how hard it is, then we, we get to kind of follow that peace and presence and pleasure of God. And that's where, that's where we start to walk into the fullness of, of what he's doing. Because we're, making the, uh, we're using our will in connection with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. Does that make sense? So I have just kind of a list of practical steps to finding your place in the kingdom of God. This is not an exhaustive list. I, don't, I, I, just, this, I totally made this up. All right? So I hope that there's something here that's helpful to you. Um, see if the Lord wants to just put his finger on something in, in, in what I'm going to share here. So first and foremost, and I started with this, we have to spend time in the secret place in order to find our place in the kingdom. It's, it's kind of graphic language, but I recently heard the woman that wrote, this is how I fight my battles. She said, you don't become pregnant with the things of God in public. And our relationship with God is not sexual. That's not what she means. What she means is that we're only, we only start to walk into carrying the promise of God through intimacy with him. And so we have to have that intimacy. It doesn't, there's, there's nothing without that. Um, often, my quiet time looks like turning on music and sitting until I hear something from the Lord. It's really simple. It's not hard. We don't have to work at this. Often, I'll, or I'll turn on worship music and I'll worship all by myself in my, in my little uh, music studio room after my husband goes to sleep at night. And pretty much every morning while I get ready in the morning, I turn on that new version Bible app and I listen to the Bible. Or the Passion Translation is on Audible. Out, so you can listen to that out loud. That's, that's what my time with the Lord looks like in this season 
it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like deep Bible study right now. It looks like soaking in his presence and learning his heart and being, becoming, becoming one with the way that he does things, his ways, learning his ways. You know, the Bible talks about how Moses knew God's ways, but the Israelites knew his deeds. So I want to know his, I want to know his ways. I want to know his heart. Like, why does he do things the way he does them? I want to be fascinated with the heart of God. Number two, ask him to do anything he wants to do in you and trust that he's doing it. Right? If we're going to ask him, then we're going to believe that he's doing what we asked. Um, cry out for more of him. Ask him for what your heart longs for, even if you really don't know how to say it. He, he gets your heart cry when you pray passionately, even if you don't have words. Pray in the spirit. Describe it to him any way you can. Number three, seek out people who can disciple you. Um, they'll help you see how God, who God has made you to become. Everybody can benefit from godly mentors. I feel like everyone in this room could benefit from having somebody speak into their life. How many people feel like they've had a, a mentor or someone that discipled them at some point in time in their life? That's wonderful. A lot of us. Um, submit yourself to spiritual authority and give them permission to speak truth into your life. Sometimes people who are in spiritual authority over us can see blind spots that we don't see on our own. And, and that's, it's, it's so valuable to allow them to speak into us. Go to classes and trainings. Read books. If you see someone that's walking in something you want to walk in, ask them if you can come be with them and do what they're doing. They'd probably be honored. The thing is, you have to put skin in the game. You have to take the risk to ask. Don't be flaky. People love to invest in you, but you need to be the kind of person that their investment's going to pay off. So if you ask someone, show up. If you ask someone to pour into you, show up. And be, be committed. And be stable. And choose to do what, whatever it is you feel the Lord's calling you to do. Show up. Is that okay? Yeah. Kind of giving you some, some blunt talk here. Number four, consider whether God might be calling you into an even deeper mentoring relationship. So there's a couple of levels of this that I see. Again, this is where I'm at in my journey. I see that everybody can benefit from a mentor. A little bit fewer people than that are called to be personal intercessors to somebody. And if, if intercession is, is something that stirs your heart and the Lord stirs a leader, a specific person, to pray for them, then you might be being called as a personal intercessor to that person. And there's anytime people are in the public eye or they're spearheading things, they're pioneering things, or they're going to hard places and doing ministry that's difficult in the spirit realm, they need intercessors. Oh, man. And so if, if that is a place where you're being called into, that, that relationship flows in and out. So you pray for that person, that, person's, that person pours back into you. And there's this, there's this mentoring dynamic that happens in that place of praying for someone where you start to carry that person's heart. And it's beautiful. And the Lord takes you into these deep places in the intercession that... that where you get the heart of the Father 
for that person, and then you speak into existence what it is that he's wanting to do through that person. And you start calling that into, into existence in the spirit realm. It's, it's, it's intense, and it's beautiful, and it's glorious. The step beyond that is, is kind of something that the Lord has, has really put in my heart that I've been kind of doing a lot of pondering over in the last few weeks. But that is the role of what we call an armor bearer. And that's the person who actually comes alongside the person in ministry and, and does what they're doing, is where they are, helps with whatever your skill set is. If you're being called as an armor bearer, you come alongside that person in ministry and you work with them. You work alongside them. And it creates this beautiful relationship that furthers the kingdom. Because two people go further than one. And that, that, that synergy between two people that love the Lord and have, you know, when, when, when you're called as an armor bearer, there's this outpouring of the love of God over you for who it is that you're called to that allows you to just be all in. There's um, Jonathan's armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14, 6, and 7. There's a bunch of stuff about being an armor bearer in the Bible. It's a pretty fascinating study. There's a lot of it. But um, so Jonathan had an armor bearer. He said, um, in the scripture it says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. His armor bearer's response was, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. That's the heart of an armor bearer. Anything that the Lord puts in your heart, I'm with you. I'm with you. And there's, there's, there's personal intercession that happens there. There's equipping. There's, there's mentoring. There's this flow of love and this flow of, of anointing and the heart that, that comes from like a spiritual mother-father type relationship with that person. And it's It's wonderful. It's beautiful. There's, it's, it's really interesting because um, I, I've been kind of in this role with Tia for the last several years. And this is really just what the Lord poured out in my heart. And um, it's funny because we've been starting to notice that the Lord's bringing people into the office that have a similar calling to their particular leaders. So there's, there's been this, this place to have conversations with people that are going, I don't understand this. This is so weird. And like, I just have this, I'm just compelled to serve this person. And I just love them. And I just need to be where they are and do what they're doing because the Lord is working in them. And, and we go, uh-huh. Yep, that's, you're an armor bearer. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the calling. And it's, it's just, it's so, so cool. God just does such cool things. Number five, what do you do that makes you feel like I was made for this? I was made for this. This is how I, I, I live to do this. What do godly people in your life see in you? What makes you angry enough to do something about it? What do you feel the love of God flow? Where do you feel the love of God flow from you toward other people? All of those kinds of things are clues to where your place is in the kingdom. Number six, connect deeply into godly community. You tend to stumble across your place. Stumble across your place. It's not by accident. When you connect in with the people that share your heart. And so that's part of why the Lord puts us into places like Arise. 
Because as we get in community and we start rubbing shoulders with each other, we start to learn, hey, this is a place that I belong. This is something that I have to contribute to the kingdom. This is something that's needed. This is something that's wanted from me. And, and there's no substitute for that. Number seven, go through inner healing and deliverance. If you need a card with our office info, come and get one. My whole life shifted when I went through healing for the first time. Doors that had never been open in my life that I had knocked on for years went open when I went through healing. And it doesn't always happen that way, but a lot of times it does. And there's this, there's this place of the Lord pouring out his favor on you when, the, when you're willing to, to push through and get the freedom that you need. Um, and healing's a lifelong process. We go from glory to glory. So, so none of us in this room is completely whole, and we will not be until we see Jesus face to face. So if there's another layer, come in and deal with the other layer. Or find somebody who can help you deal with the, the next layer. But get the freedom. If the Lord's moving in your heart to get freedom, that's because he has something he wants to give you that's valuable. Not because you've been bad or because you should be ashamed, but because it's, he, he wants to pour out his, his, his life and his healing and freedom for you. Number eight, don't tolerate unhealthy situations in your life. They will shut you down. Learn to draw healthy boundaries and speak truth and love so you can be 100% you all the time. If you, live in a, if, you, if you live in a place of being shut down, it's very difficult to wake back up and then go back to sleep and then wake back up and then go back to sleep and come in and out of that kind of a dynamic. So if there's people in your life that need healthy boundaries drawn so that you can be 100% you, do it. It's hard. It's so hard do it. It's worth it. Number nine, trust the process. Learn to relax and trust because God's got you. Some things take time and he's building something great and it, you want it to be done well in you. I'm curious just by a show of hands, who feels pretty good about where the Lord has them? You feel like you're kind of in the middle of his will you feel like, you know, obviously none of us is like fully fulfilled and we feel like we've done everything we're called to because life's not over yet. But I'm curious, who, who feels like they're more or less in the middle of what God's asking them to be in right now? Can I just see a show of hands? Good, good. Um, who feels like they're missing some things and needs revelation to help shift them in place? Guys. Maybe, I, I, feel like, I feel like there were a lot of people that raised both times. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you. Can I, can I just raise my hand with you? We want to pray with you tonight. If you feel like you're in a good place and you, you want to pray and just encourage the people that need, need to shift and they need new revelation, then please come and pray with us. But um, I, I, we just want to come and pray with We want to pray with you tonight. We want to help you um, walk into the fullness of this. So if there's some piece of this that's standing out to you that you really feel like you need the Lord to speak into or you need the strength to carry it out or, um, or if there's something else going on, um, we just would love, to come, we'd love for you to come and, and pray with you tonight. 
Um, if you believe you might be called as a personal intercessor or an armor bearer, I'd love to pray with you. Um, there's, there's just, there's so many aspects of that that are, it, it takes a little while to sort out what that looks like and what that means, but it's, it's a beautiful process. So, um, let's see, Jen, do you want to come play? And let's just, um, let's just spend some time, you know, I, I feel like we already kind of went here a little bit tonight. It was, it was so neat that the, you know, the Song of Solomon scripture, um, earlier it was like, you know, there's this shift into the new season, but I feel like this is, you know, the next step beyond that. Like this, the, the new season is here. You're being invited into it. Would everybody stand up with me? Basically, it's just symbolic. It's this, it's this place of, with my physical body, I'm going to mirror what's happening to me in the spirit realm. And so, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I bless these women to step into the next season. I bless them to come into the fullness of their place in the kingdom. I bless them to, to step into the fullness of their identity. I bless them to step into the fullness of intimacy with you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're moving in every one of these women's lives, that you have a great destiny for every one of them. And God, we're coming after you. We're coming after you. We want you. We want you. We just want your heart. We want to carry your heart. So if this is your prayer, would you just prophetically just take a big step forward into the new things. And we're just, we're just, we're just stepping into it. We're claiming it. <laughs> 